Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. All right. Hello. Good evening. How are we doing? Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks for staying. So tonight we are continuing in our series of what we're doing for <clears throat> character studies. People in the Bible that we're highlighting, not so much of what they said in the Bible, but who they were, what perhaps their actions were, what they brought to the scriptures. So tonight my character was Jeremiah. And... I, I took upon the idea, I said, oh, this probably be a good idea to read through the book of Jeremiah. Then I realized Jeremiah is 52 chapters long. <laughs> and quite a bit of that is prophetical chapters, which makes it even more challenging to read. You know, so I did the best I could, and we'll leave it there. So by way of introduction, Jeremiah was a prophet, as many of you know. He's what we would call a major prophet. That is, that, that, is that, that he prophesied for a long period of time to probably a lot of people, right? So his prophecy or his, his, his prophecy time was from 610 to 570 B.C. Now, Jeremiah is also known as the weeping prophet. And we'll get into where that comes from as we move further into the message. His ministry spanned the reign of four kings. Prophesied through the reign of four kings. At the time of his prophecy, the kingdom of Israel was already divided. And he was prophesying for the king of Judah, or the, for the Judah side of, that, of those kings that came in that order. So he prophesied for Josiah, which we would consider a good king. But after that, he prophesied against Joahaz. Joachim. Joachim. Zedekiah. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, my Hebrew is awful. <laughs> so however those names sound, we'll keep moving through it, and you can read that on your own. All right. Jeremiah wrote two books in the Bible. Jeremiah, which is penned after his own name, of course, and Lamentations. And these books were themed differently where Jeremiah, that book, basic theme to that was like the Babylonians are coming. Judgment is on its way. Repent. Come back to the Lord, or they will be here. And then Lamentations, the theme of Lamentations is a sad theme because it's about Jerusalem is burning. So at that point, the Babylonians have come. So this is where we get the idea of the weeping prophet from, because he's sad. He... he feels a certain rejection, if you will, but not even on a personal term. He feels for his people 
that have rejected God and fallen into despair. So that's what we'll talk about tonight. Let's pray. Father in heaven, again, thank you, Lord, for this time of prayer. We thank you, God, that you have saw fit to leave us with a written word that we may come to know you, Lord. We thank you for your spirit that binds us, that illuminates us, that even strengthens us, strengthens us in our weakest moments. So, Father, tonight as we dive into one of your prophets, we can only glean what is so much there to give. We ask, Lord, that you be with us, that my words will be your voice, that the spirit will move tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So our text tonight is coming from Jeremiah. We'll just use a piece of his book because I did already highlight how long it is. 4, Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 16 through 19. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 16 through 19. And the idea is this may be a, a synopsis of what Jeremiah's feelings were, what he was going through, how he was managing things. But Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 14 through 19. O Jerusalem, wash thy heart from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. How long? shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee. For a voice declare from, from Dan and publishes a fiction from Mount Ephraim. Make ye mention to the nations, behold, publish against Jerusalem that watches come from a far country and give out their voice against the cities of Judah. As keepers of the field, are they against her roundabout because she has been rebellious against me, saith the Lord? Thy way and thy doings have procured these things unto thee. This is thy wickedness, because it is bitter, because it reaches unto thy heart. My bowels, my voice, I am pained at my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace, because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. So Jeremiah makes two statements there. The front end of the statement is that trouble is coming. If you do not turn your heart back to God, O Israel, O Judah, God will come and punish. God is saying that his heart is broken because his people have turned away from him. And Jeremiah in his thing, says, my heart hurts. My heart bleeds for the loss of my nation. I physically feel pain because my nation has turned away from God. My people have turned away from God. I wonder, folks, have any of us experienced that? That may have a loved one that will continue to pray for their salvation, a friend that we're worried about, concerned about their salvation. Someone that we have been sharing the gospel with for years and years and years. Or in fact, someone who may have even said they know of God, but has fallen away, which is the hardest thing to watch. 
Are any of us in that situation? I know I am. I know I am. See, because the genuine love of a Christian for the lost is a major marker of their salvation. It's a major marker of how they know God, their relationship with God. So if you can't, if you call yourself, but you're not concerned for the lost, then I want you to reevaluate your relationship with God. You see, Jeremiah here, the weeping prophet, was weeping because his people had turned away from God. You know the story. You know the story. Took him five minutes. Took him five minutes to turn away from God. Soon as they left Egypt, first time of hardship, turned away from God. So Jeremiah is that person who's constantly praying, who's constantly reaching out, constantly encouraging, constantly warning that impending doom is coming if you don't repent and come back to the word of God. I think that's why some of us are here tonight at prayer meeting, because we want to talk to God about our concerns. And we have this long list that's half the page of people that we're hoping to come to know God, the power of salvation. So Jeremiah's first thing that we look at was he had a love for his people. He had a love for his people, a desperate love for his people, a deep love for his people, an entrenched love for his people. And that's foundational to his life and where he takes us in this book that we'll continue to get into. So Jeremiah had a love for his people, but he also had a loyalty to the Lord, a connection to God, if you will. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 27 to 13. <clears throat> chapter 27 to 13. O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in diversion daily, everyone mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me, and the derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. For I heard can't say. <laughs> For I heard the defaming of, my, of many, fear on every side, report, say they, and when we will report it. All my familiars watched for my halting and saying, peradventure he will be enticed, that we shall prevail against him, and that we shall take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore my persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail, and they shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, 
that trust in righteousness and seeth the reins in the heart. Let me see thy vengeance on them, for my, unto thee I have opened my cause. Sing unto the Lord, praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hands of the evildoer. So as we know, it's clear that Jeremiah I mean, was under persecution because he had nothing but bad news, fire and brimstone. You know, who wants to listen to somebody that every time they come around you, they're telling you how bad you are or how bad things are going to be? Or dare the fact that they say that God has turned against you? Who wants to hear that? 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But you see, it takes an extraordinary person to live that life because what's going to happen is constant, consistent rejection. And if you look at the life of Jeremiah, they tried to kill him a couple of times. Who does that? Who stays in that life? Who volunteers to be hated, to be rejected by his own people? Who looks forward to that? I'll tell you who looks forward to that. One, a person who loves his people. A person who cares enough that even in the time of trouble, even in the time of aggression, even in the time that they're being attacked, they see the bigger picture. Two, the person who loves the Lord. The person who understands and knows who God is in the long run. See, there's a bigger picture here that Jeremiah clearly understood. He said, God, you are the Lord of hosts. You are the righteous. You are the one who keeps us. He said, Father, I know by your mercy you will spare us. So even in the time of trouble, even in the time of travail, even when Jeremiah is at his weakest moment, and let's not forget that he's a human being just like we are, because sometimes we have the tendency of the 2020 hindsight to say, wow, this guy was perfect. He was extraordinary. And the reality is he's a guy just like you or me who loved his people, who believed the Lord. You see, beloved, we have that same opportunity. We have that same God. We share that same, that same discipline that we are told, commanded to foretell the word of God to other people. So because think about it like this. Let's bubble that up to contemporary times. Everybody that is not saved is the enemy of the Lord. Fair enough? Everybody that is not saved, that is holding you back, is the enemy of the Lord. Your job, our job, our calling, is to tell people about the Lord. You have no other purpose for being here other than doing that. So I have some sad news for some of you who may think that, well, I'm here to be this great king, or I'm here to do this, or I'm here to make millions of dollars. I'm here to, God placed me here to do that. God placed me here to, you have one purpose as a saved soul of Christ, and that is to spread the gospel. 
Jeremiah understood that purpose. He understood that purpose. He not, he not only understood that person purpose in just mouth only, in just words only, because all of us have a good speech. All of us have a good testimony. All of us have a good word for the Lord, especially when we're around other people with a good word for the Lord. But it's that rare person who can go out and spread that good word amongst his enemies. See, it takes an extraordinary kind of love. It takes an extraordinary kind of trust, loyalty to God. See, because Jeremiah understood that his sole purpose was existing was to do the work of the Lord. No different than where we are today. No different. See, many of us don't share our faith, not because we don't understand it, not because we don't know how, because all you have to do is repeat the same way that somebody told you when you believed. But we fear the rejection. We fear the rejection. We're uncomfortable with the rejection. We're uncomfortable with the idea of not being liked, accepted. So we struggle with, well, if I tell them this, they might look at me differently. Or I might lose my job. Or I might lose my friends. Or they may not invite me to the family barbecue next year. Yeah, there's, there's, real, there's, there's real discussion in that. There's real concerns there. But it takes an extraordinary loyalty to God to push through that. It takes a hope to push through that. It takes the understanding that God is a savior, not just to me, but to other people around me. You see, this even happened with the disciples, and Christ told them, he said, listen, it's not you they hate, it's me they hate. Don't take responsibility for something you're not responsible for. Don't take credit for something that credit's not due you. Because the gospel is a stumbling block to the Jews, foolishness to the Gentiles. So Jeremiah had a loyalty to God that prompted him and, and, and stayed with him even when he was thrown into the pit of mire, even when they came over from Dan and beat him up. <laughs> he hung in there. See, Jeremiah, two things, the love for his people and a loyalty to God. But there's something else that Jeremiah had. The big thing that he had the ones that we actually bank on, if you will, the ones that our whole lives are predicated on, is that he understood God's mercy and forgiveness. He understood God's mercy and forgiveness. So let's look at his other book, Lamentations 3. Uh-oh. goes my cheat sheet. 
Lamentations chapter 3. <clears throat> Lamentations 3, verses 21, 23. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because of his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Have we heard that before? We love it when we hear it. It feels so good. It sounds so good. It's great when the, the church, great is thy faithfulness. Well, how much of it do we believe? How much of our understanding of his faithfulness and his mercy drives us to be the Christians we're designed to be? drives us to do obedient to that single word that God has given us. Make disciples. See, some of us can't even withstand the rejection of one. Imagine the rejection of an entire nation. It's an extraordinary person. The rejection of your entire family. Even your little brother who looked up to you all his life says, we're not friends anymore because of your stance on God. The rejection of your children because you have decided to take a stance to lead a godly life, to constantly hold them accountable for the distance that they are have with God to the point that they are grown now and can say, well, I'll talk to you when I get ready to talk to you. See, that's, that's pain. That's sacrifice. Many of us will do whatever it takes to receive the love of our children, the love of our, our family, even the love of our friends. Many of us will do whatever it takes to receive the acceptance of our coworkers. A lot of us will do whatever it takes to be part of the crowd. Invited to the fellowships. But will we do whatever it takes to challenge our friends, family, coworkers to repentance? See, Jeremiah had an understanding. He had a love for his people. He had a loyalty to God. He understood that there was mercy and forgiveness out there. That God's very essence was built on those two pillars. In so much that he gave his only begotten son to die on a cross that whosoever believes will be saved. Jeremiah believed that two, three thousand years before it happened. <laughs> the men of God believed that knowing that they would probably never see that. But here we are 
having seen in the historical record that a savior has come, and still are challenged about the demonstration of our love to share this gospel. This is what I learned from looking at Jeremiah. Because I don't come up here in the position that I've conquered this thing. I don't, I don't speak to you qualified as being perfect. No, no, no. I am not ashamed to admit to you, but I am ashamed to have to admit that I too struggle with some of these things. These are the realities of life. And what it takes, what it takes for us to get through that is the encouragement and building up of each other to know that we stand together. The encouragement that says you're doing the right thing. The encouragement that God is speaking. It, it takes that. This is why God built the church as a family. He didn't call the church members men and women he called them brothers and sisters because of the unity. Because we have a single-minded mission, a single purpose for existence, and that is to spread the gospel of Christ. I said, this is what I learned from Jeremiah. So he demonstrated the mercies of God to his people by continually to pray, plead, and intercede for them. You see, because I, I, I know human nature, after a while, I had enough. Like, come on, this, this is going to be on you. I done told you everything I could tell you. I done showed you everything I could show you. And we were talking over the weekend. I could take the horse to water, but I can't make him drink. If I stick his head in the water, he's going to drown. But am I taking the horse to water? Am I giving him water that's palatable to drink? Am I constantly interceding? Am I praying? Am I demonstrating my faith? See, that was the demonstration of his mercy, demonstration of his love, his continued prayer. That's part of the that's part of the formula for salvation. It's prayer, introduction to the gospel. Prayer. Answer a question. Prayer. Prayer. See, because I don't want to discourage any one of you, but I gotta be truthful. Not one of you has saved anybody. Not one of you has saved anybody. Now, you may have led somebody to Christ, but see, it is God who does the saving. You do the leading. You do the walking. You do the hand-holding. You do the tears. You do the crying. You do the prayer. But God does the saving. And let's be honest, it's probably not just you who talked to that person. So it is a constant interceding for his people that demonstrate his love. It is the constant interceding for us, for each other, that demonstrates our love. Because I'm telling you, 
We're not making it without prayer. We're not making it without God's mercy. We're not making it with God's forgiveness, without God's forgiveness. So he continued to encourage his people to come back to God. So I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, men and women, the church today needs more Jeremiah's. We need more Jeremiah's. We need more people that have an actual heartfelt love for the lost. We need more people committed to the truth and the full gospel of God's word. We need more people who understand the mercy and faithfulness of God, his care for his creation. We need more people committed to serve God in great times, good times, bad times, and hard times. Because often we will have our backs against the wall. Often we will have our feet, what we'll feel like is in the mire, stuck in the mud. Often we will feel like we've been beat up. So we need more folks with the heart of Jeremiah, committed to the full gospel. So I challenge you tonight. I got a hymnal, but I'm not going to sing. Because, <laughs> you know, I still struggle with some of this. <laughs> but hymn 177, if you want to turn with me in it. I want to read verse 1 and verse 3. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thy own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have need, thy hands has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord, unto me. Our Father and our God, we thank you, Lord, for these moments in your word. We pray, Lord, that we have been receptive of what you have for me. We pray, God, that you will be pleased with our offering, Lord, and that we will be encouraged to continue to look for what we've already learned, Lord. We ask, Lord, that your spirit be with us as we part from this place that you will give us peace and mercies continuing. Amen. Just a few announcements and it will be Lee. Uh, like Tyler mentioned earlier, we're having Bible publishing coming up February 5th, 9 to 12, and the current dates. Um, tonight, tonight, this evening, as we walk out of here, we will need a couple guys in the youth room to help set up for Bible publishing. All right? So a couple guys, a couple women, a couple people, whole family of God, <laughs> go help set us, get us set up for Bible publishing. 
All right, and ladies and gentlemen, we have outdoorsman night coming up, March 6th. All right, just give you a heads up. We did it last year. It was a great event. Uh, we helped see 70, about 75 people come to Christ that night. Um, so we're looking forward to getting it. If there's any way you want information or want to volunteer somewhere, please see me or Tyler, and we'll get you plugged in. All right? Amen. So, Father, we ask, Lord, that again, as we depart from this place, that we will still be together by spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.